It's Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. Five o'clock hours here. We're an hour away from the another Barry Odom radio show. 215 on Flamingo Parkway Tavern. Rebels home on the road. Uh, make sure to come out to the show tonight. Again, 215 on Flamingo. $2 Miller Lights during the show. And uh, we're starting a hashtag, Beers on Barry. I don't, I don't know what's going on. All I saw was UNLV Athletics suggesting that I just said this. The guy in the picture is going to be buying beers, and it was Barry Odom. So hashtag beers on Barry, if I can get it right. Beers on Barry. Uh, it's going to be up to them to keep track of, you know, because I would just try to, you know, in disguise maybe. It's own coach. Didn't you uh, – let's see. Uh, didn't you suggest that – or you were asking me that you want us to go like 30 straight minutes and then – Back end all the breaks so you can run over. Yeah, that or just tell just them there's some, there's a there's a super fan that wants to meet you. Stick around for 15 minutes got, after the show. We got to do normally we do about eight minute blocks, but uh, right now we got to do one for 27 minutes. Yeah, you know maybe I could get someone super else fan. to just run the board. All you got to do is just play the outro. That's all you got to do. We played everything we need for the show, and I ran, and I run up there. Um, was I a jerk to end the last hour by saying that um, if Travis Hunter for Colorado is going to play <laughs> both ways? Like, you already have incentive. No. <laughs> when you're an O-lineman and you get in the open field and you see a small guy, right, you already have incentive to annihilate them. Uh, I'm not saying injure them, but be, like, real physical. When the guy plays offense, and last game, what did Travis Hunter have, 14 targets and 11 catches for, like, 109 or 119? Like, he's he's a great player. Like if you get a chance to get your mitts on him and you're some freaking 6'5", 320 behemoth, let's go, ragdoll him. Steve, you're about to Football, get physical! You're, you're basically saying sweep the leg. I didn't say sweep the leg. I talked about the mitts. I get my hands on you upstairs, and let's see what happens. It's about the waist. I didn't say, like, grab his face. and or I don't want you coaching my kid. My, my hypothetical kid, I don't want you coaching him. This is, coach Cofield uh, told us to take him out. No, this is my college <laughs> coach technique. Believe me, there's people on the show who have coached uh, juniors who are a lot meaner than I am. I've heard stories between our buddy in Kansas City, Saran Petro, and – uh, girls, nine-year-old champion coach Adam Hill, that would shock you. They like to win. They like to win a lot. Trying to break the rules on if you can press or not. Different kind of defenses. Triangle and two, boxing one. Nine-year-old girls, eleven-year-old girls, fellas, relax. So, Coach Cofield, imaginary college football coach, ain't that bad for saying <laughs> get physical with Travis Hunter. All right, time for the frenzy at five o'clock. We didn't get much of a uh, update on Chandler Jones, so he went a little batty yesterday on Instagram, said he doesn't want to play for McDaniels and Ziggler anymore. McDaniels this morning said, I have no information to give you guys. It's an in-house matter, and it's a day-to-day situation. So hey, maybe he plays on Sunday. I doubt it. Not I haven't seen an update on it. I don't know if he's put, been put on some sort of restricted list. Um, good times with the Raiders include – Boy, Devontae Adams and former Raider Derek Carr really like their Fresno State Bulldogs. And apparently, Devontae Adams and rookie AOC made a bet on Fresno and Purdue. Did you see this video? No, I'm clicking on the link right now. It looks like Adams left a jersey, I'm thinking, 
it's a Fresno State jersey at AOC's locker, Aiden O'Connell, the rookie out of Purdue. And uh, the note on it, said, I think, said, uh, you know what to do. So <laughs> Fresno State beat Purdue 39-35 in West Lafayette. Did you see the Jay Kaner news that dropped today? Suspended six games for PEDs. Whoa, is that right? Yeah, what were they doing down in Fresno? Or did he learn it? Did he pick it up so fast in the NFL? Okay, I would like to make pointed critiques or even threats, but I got to read the story. I got to read the story. I'm not going to accuse anyone of anything going on at Fresno, but in the world of football, you never know. Would Coach Cofield like <laughs> gently nudge over a needle every once in a while? This is why I'm not allowed to coach, because I would break the rules. Now, would I gamble on my own team? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you're, Even you're the I've one criticized Pete Rose for years, but I'm uh, I'm the lowest of the low. I'll admit that. Is that right, Jake Hayner? Six games, he's gone. Well, Taysom Hill, get ready. I mean, if you want to back him up a little bit, he is six foot and like, or maybe five eleven, and the hundred and he's light, man. The he's, best joke I saw was he's, you know, he's of a slight build. You remember the picture of DC a couple of weeks ago, and he just had the guns out. He saw that picture, and he knew he knew that he had to step it up. Keep up the the fully flexed Derek Carr. If that's what guys are looking like in the NFL, Carr's like, I'm tired of hearing about my replacement in Las Vegas being super handsome. Watch this, all jacked up, all jacked up. Yeah, so apparently uh, Devontae won a bet, and they really the Carr and uh, Devontae are very much into Fresno State, which is cool. Nothing wrong with having pride in your school, right? I mean, Justin Watkins, I hope he's listening right now, driving back. I mean, yeah, he sort of embarrassed himself over Oregon State. That got rough, didn't it? Man. I didn't want to break his heart, but, you know, come on. Dude. Come you on. would think that Oregon State is a national power. I don't – what is going on? We got, we're getting lectures from Corvallis. I saw one last week. The, the same guy, the guy on Twitter, was, like, ripping the, uh, the media work. Not media people, but, you know, videos, whatever, social media work of the Mountain West Conference. And while he's, he's probably right. I was also thinking, like, so do we all need to get our media advice from Corvallis? Well, like, what are we doing here? Pack two? Chill. They've got all the money in the world. It's, well, it sounds like it. Justin kept rattling it off. It sounds like it. All right, NFL opens this weekend. You love the athletic and the ringer. Can I get you to switch to the messenger? You don't have to pay. Arash Markazi leading the way on the sports side. Jeff Goodman, Seth Davis up there as well. Let me see what they put. Let me see the content they put out. I'll, I'll, it's free. It's free. The ringer's free. The ringer is free. Not the athletic. I'm going to be Demond Johnson by the end of the year. Wait, what does that mean? Free trial, free trial. Like, you know. <laughs> Are you a Simmons guy? I used to be. Guy? I used Why to be. Why is that? Um, I was just, you know, supporting the brand. You know, saying Goodell doesn't have, you know, the testicular fortitude. And they're gonna fire him from that. Why aren't you now? Some the shtick got a little old. I did. Yeah. Yeah. For me, and some of his stuff is good. I mean, he's he's obviously brilliant, and he built a company that he some whoever purchased. Yeah, still like five million dollars. For me, he's one of the he's a classic example of someone who sold us that he came up the hard way and was like just like us. And I remember as a young media guy, Simmons was like hammering the old guard media in Boston. He's like, "There's nowhere for us to have a voice." Screw these guys. These guys are mean to young people. You know, calling out uh, Will McDonough and others. And I'm like, all right, good for you, man. Non-traditional media. Go against the grain. And then he kind of, I feel like he kind of turned into them. 
because he's worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm like, I don't know. The likability went out the window. Yeah, the the likability also went out the window a little bit when the good old folks at the ringer wanted to unionize. What does that mean? Uh, they wanted to. Well, they got the union. Yeah. But uh, there was, was was someone anti-union who used to be a regular guy. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. The boss isn't so much in favor of unions when it's his. No, it, it, everything <laughs> changes when you have lots of money, which sadly is the case with a lot of people. All right. They had a story on X Factors around the NFL. For the Raiders, they named Dylan Parham. Boom. That's the that's the X Factor on the Raiders? Is he the best player on the offensive line? No, but he might be the most important. Well, or you've got Coden Miller on that left side. Dylan, I think. Keep going. You got Coden Miller on that left side of Dylan Parham if he's going to be the starting left guard. And if he's able to produce, that'll at least let you know for the Raiders, hey, that left side is secure. And I think that would be very important. Jimmy G, the run game, where Adam said it yesterday, the, the offensive line, they don't have the – well, nobody believes in you. People think that you're going to be good. I think Dylan Parham is going to be a very good NFL player straight out of Memphis. So if he can be good, I do think that he's an X factor to keep that run game continuing to be as good as it was last year and to help Jimmy G in that passing game. Because if the left side is secure, maybe the right side's a little shaky. Maybe. But if that left side's good, you're halfway there. You made a good case. But I think they picked Dylan Parham so that they could run a narrative here on the Raiders. One, the write-up says, again, Dylan Parham is the X factor for the Raiders. Uh, this roster is almost entirely a shrug. I don't agree with that. I, I think they actually have enough players who aren't a shrug to make them interesting in spite of the fact that they may only be a six or seven or eight win team. Uh, but this is the point they're trying to write off of. Can you remember any player the Raiders have drafted in the last three years? So they're trying to make a point on how bad the Raiders drafts have been by then leading into, well, Dylan Parham is a guy you should remember. So I see your tricks, Ringer. I'm not stupid. I, I, come on. The X factor, there's a couple X factors. I think for players. It might actually be Josh McDaniels and his likability and his cohesiveness with his players. But if we want to pick players, um, one could be not only the play of Marcus Peters, but what he spreads in terms of a message. Because we saw them in fall camp get a lot more aggressive in some of these joint practices where a team that never got interceptions was actually ball hawking. And getting interceptions, but I come on the X factor on this team now, and this this went to print, you know, on the internet um, before this Chandler Jones stuff happened. The X factor is Tyree Wilson because now there's going to be even more pressure for him to be a contributor. Like he has to be ready if they don't. If if Jones isn't going to be a factor or he's gone, like they are going to need some good production on the other side of Max Crosby. Like, I don't if, think he, you- if he's a if he's a play twenty five snaps a game guy and finishes the year with three sacks and only a handful of pressures versus, you know, he's out there playing 40 plays and he finishes with 12 sacks and a ton of hurries. That's an X factor. I know that this is the NFL and you can't, you can't coddle players, but I don't think that they expect him to be a day one impact player. And I know, Hey, he's a top 10 pick. I still don't believe, especially coming off of that injury. I've said all like all off season since they drafted him, in the first maybe four to five games, don't expect much out of Tyree Wilson. Because I do think it's going to be that slow ramp up, you know, maybe after week six, week seven, then you see him back and have that footing underneath him. 
because we don't know with that foot. So I don't want to have the expectations out there of, oh, he's going to be great week one. Don't worry. Chandler Jones, not a problem. He's going to get his snaps. Eh, pump the brakes on that. 364-1100, Let's do another giveaway for our fan zone at the Aces game. It's Fan Appreciation Day. It is the finale. You can sit in the ESPN Fan Zone four-pack of tickets. The game is at T-Mobile. Noon start. AXS.com is where you get your tickets. The Fan Zone presented by Finley, Volkswagen, Henderson, and Westar Credit Union. Aces against Phoenix. Get your tickets at AXS.com. Noon start at T-Mobile. But right now, DeMond's got a four-pack, 364-1100. On the way, we check in with a lot of L.A. news as Arash Markazi is going to check in. And we got to get into the Dodgers situation now with the starting pitching. I mean, it is a complete mess with uh, Julio Urias and, and his problems. And again, reminder, we're about 45 minutes away from another Barry Odom radio show right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on Cofield and company. We're about 30 minutes away from the Barry Odom radio show right up the road from us. We're at Flamingo and Durango. It is at uh, Flamingo 215, Parkway Tavern 6 to 7. Make sure you get on out there uh, now. Happy hour is going on right now. And then uh, $2 Miller Lights uh, during the one-hour show. Arash is in. Arash Markazi from the Sporting Tribune, from lots of other places. Arash, first of all, buddy, congrats. You've got yet another job, and this one actually looks like a really cool project with the Messenger. I saw you talk about the launch of the Messenger yesterday. So what is it, and what's cooking so far? So the Messenger is an amazing project where it's a new site. It's a basically a digital newspaper with a 550-person newsroom, same as one of the major uh, newspapers out there, like Washington Post, Los Angeles Times. Uh, but they uh, just launched their sports section, sports vertical, uh, this week, Seth Davis, Jeff Goodman uh, covering college uh, sports, college hoops. Um, I've joined. A lot of other people are about to join as well. So um, the uh, gentlemen behind the sports were at the athletics. So if you remember that, you know, I, I think it would be it's like a slow drip of uh, big name sports journalists over the next few months. I think you'll hear joining. So it's a fun project, uh, one that I'm excited to be a part of. And right now it's free. I saw no paywall. You guys are all pushing that out there. So that's uh, one advantage you have over the uh, competition. Um, story writing is going to be big as well. You wrote your first story about uh, Jack Nicholson? Yeah, you know, so I, I, I was really fascinated. So, you know, so, so my task, I think, in this project was, you know, try to really tackle uh, stories that aren't being told or that maybe you see but don't really think twice about if there's something below uh, the uh, surface there. So my thing was, yes, the Lakers all of a sudden came out of nowhere, below 500 team, made it to the Western Conference Finals. But what made that run so interesting was right when they made that turn during the postseason where you're like, oh, this team could go on a run here, Jack Nicholson showed up for the first time in two years. So I, I kind of dug into that more, talked to the folks at the arena, you know, just found out how that happened, how he decided all of a sudden after two years to, to come to games. Obviously, Jack is not in the best of health, so like, what does that look like? So... I talked about that, and then uh, today I talked about the Taylor Swift banner, which, um, you know, uh, they kind of uh, put up a few years ago uh, to a bunch of acclaim, <laughs> yeah. and again, have not been seen since the pandemic, so I found out where that banner is. So a little fun stories oh, like that. Oh, nice, nice. You know, it's funny, we were just talking about Taylor. Well, we talked about her last week 
or two weeks ago with you about the uh, the might that she brought to the LA area. It was like a Super Bowl every yeah. night for six days. You know, the other thing we did is kind of shout her out as maybe the mold breaking millennial, so that the old heads like myself and older the boomers will shut the hell up about a lack of uh, work ethic with. Millennials, because Taylor Swift works like no one else in the biz. Her shows are upwards of like four hours. It's amazing. I mean, I, that, that's what I've heard. You know, uh, when when you go to her show, you get your money's worth. It, it, it's four-hour shows. It's not, listen, to her credit, she's got a ton of hits, but it's not one of these concerts where you've got like six opening acts. She comes out, sings her a couple of hits, and that's it. And you go home thinking like, what the heck did I just do? So... Uh, it's an amazing performance from what I've heard. I mean, quite frankly, like, I haven't gone, but um, she puts in her work, and, and when, you, when you hear about her story, it's really incredible. So um, like, I'm just a big fan of the work ethic it took to get to where she's at right now. All right, a very sobering story coming out of Dodgerland, and we always have a rush on on uh, Wednesdays to keep us up with the L.A. scene. We know we have so many Southern California Transplants here, so we have the convo on Wednesdays, and unfortunately, we got to start with this one. Uh, Julio Urias in trouble. Uh, now he's been charged with felony domestic violence. Uh, he's been put on um, administrative leave by the Dodgers. Uh, you don't have to go too deep on this, but it, it sounds it sounds pretty rough. It does, and you know, regardless of how this plays out legally, I think it's fairly fair to say. Uh, he's pitched his last game for the Dodgers. Again, Ooh. I think it's important to note um, that he was a free agent after the season. So regardless of how the season turned out, the Dodgers had to make a decision. Listen, I mean, if, if this doesn't happen, they, they, they probably were in line to sign him. This is the second time in four years he's, involved, he's been involved in something like this. Again, we'll see how it plays out in terms of the, the charges and legality and all that stuff. Regardless of that, though, I, I really think he's done. Uh, he's, um, you know, this is sort of like he not really have to do with him off the field, but he had a bobble night coming up. The Dodgers just announced they're rescinding that. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll give the fans something else on that particular night. You know, the last time, Steve, and generally speaking, uh, when you have a first-time offense, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see how the team treats it. He got a 20-game suspension. By the time things play out, we'll, we'll, we'll be at the end of the regular season. And so a 20-game suspension effectively means his season's done. He's a free agent at, at that point. The Dodgers are not going to go back into business with someone who's been involved in something like this two times in four years. So uh, really a fortunate situation. I mean, yes, we, we, we can get into the old pitching situation in terms of, you know, Tony Gonsal and Tommy John surgery, and then uh, uh, the custom made Tommy John surgery and Clayton Kershaw's in a wall and like all that stuff, but this is a fortunate situation for a young man, again, who had a ton of potential, but just, it just it, regardless of how this plays out legally, I think he's pitched his whole half game here. Arash is with us from the Sporting Tribune uh, talking some L.A. sports here on a Wednesday on Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. So, uh, I, men- I know you mentioned some of the names, but this is the Dodgers situation. And, you know, and they had a great August. Uh, they got themselves back into the elite of the elite Major League Baseball. You mentioned Kershaw, bad shoulder. This is the rotation. Lance Lynn, Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan. The- right now there is no fourth, so uh, they have a bunch of guys at AAA. I was looking at the dudes at AAA. There's a lot of names there, but 
um, you know, Gavin Stone and, and Pepiot and Michael Grove. Uh, Gross hurt right now. He's coming back soon. They've got veterans down there, but it's it's unfortunate. Like Mike Matt Andresi and Mike Montgomery could have helped. They've pitched to like a 14 ERA in Oklahoma City. So I don't know what's going to happen. You know, the one thing I do fear, and I don't think the Dodgers, they're such a good organization, they're not going to screw this up. But I let's make sure they don't rush Walker Bueller back if he's not ready. I know yeah. he's getting ready for a second rehab start. I know they want to win this year, and you'd love to win the World Series, but sometimes you just run into a – a run of bad luck where you just can't get out of it. Yeah, so what I've been told with Bueller, they will not rush him back. They, they've been very surprised by his progress. If you see him called up, this is not a situation where they're pushing him back too soon. He may uh, pitch again uh, this season. Again, and it, it may happen before the postseason, but um, the, the unfortunate situation that they have here is that there's just not enough time, right? Yeah. So, I, I do think the future is in very good hands with the pitchers that they have. I think Bobby Miller is a very special pitcher that uh, the fans are going to get to know a lot. Again, they, a, a lot of these younger pitchers they got to see sooner than we, we would have liked. And, Steve, to be honest, like, this season was not supposed to be a season where they were expected to contend for the World Series. They, they, they lose Justin Turner, Trey Turner, Cody Bellinger. You go down the list of guys that they lost, and they, they didn't really make a big splash. Not only did they make not make a big splash in the um, in the um, off season, but even at the trade deadline when they were in contention, they, they didn't make a big splash. They really are, despite the fact that he got hurt. They're all in on Shohei Otani, so they, they 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 didn't really do anything big. That being said, I, I do think that they'll find a way to to get to the championship series. But I think you you saw in the last home series that they just had against Atlanta. Atlanta's the best team in baseball right now, in my view. I think they're going to win the World Series. I, I do think it, it would be, and again, Dodger fans are not going to celebrate this. They're going to win the division. I think they get to the championship series. But the Braves, they're not going to beat the Braves. And with Kershaw, with Julio Urias, you go down those, they were not going to beat them. Well, if they do, it's going to be the greatest example of modern-day baseball we've ever seen because – all hands on deck for the pitching staff. They're going to have to have uh, like 12 or 13 guys, basically. You know, eight of them pitch every game. Um, sort of the Rays style, uh, brought over with a lot more money. And then uh, you've got stars like Freddie Freeman and, and Mookie Betts and then uh, Smith behind the plate, and then it's like nine Chris Taylors. So every guy on the team is a utility player now. So if they pull this off, it's going to be pretty strong. So I'm glad you tied in Shohei because it looks like he may be shut down pretty soon for the season. And – you know, when he went down last week, I heard a bunch of markets chime in, a uh, New York sports talk host, a Seattle sports talk host, and they were like, oh, Shohei at a discount. And I immediately fired back on the air. I'm like, he is not going to be at a discount. And I'll tell you right now, this uh, Julio Urias thing is going to be an, another factor in this whole deal. You just mentioned the Dodgers have to get Shohei Otani, and his value is so big off of the field that this $500 million deal they were talking about, I still think he's getting something close to that because the Dodgers cannot allow anyone else to get him. Exactly. See, when you talk about at a discount, that is people not understanding the market. Again, if, 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 if Shohei could only re-sign with one team, yes, his, his former team or his current team uh, would say, hey, listen, you're hurt. He's a free agent. So what does that mean? There will be multiple teams coming after him. And whether you think he's going to be overpaid, that's your view. He's not going to take a discount. There's, 
you, 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 you're going to have uh, Seattle, San Francisco, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, New York, Boston. Again, I think he stays on the West Coast. I think that's generally the common perception is that he wants to stay West, but still, that, that doesn't hurt his value. I think uh, all the teams out on the Pacific uh, Coast are going to be in play for him. Uh, the other thing about him that no one really factors in, like when they talk about how much he's going to sign for, we've never seen a player like him. We've never seen a player who hits and pitches like him since Babe Ruth, and even that you can't even compare. Like what he's doing now is crazy. It's unheard of. It's inhuman, really. When you talk about yep. so, like you're 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 basically paying for two superstar players. So whatever he signs with will be a value, and if it, perhaps he makes slightly less than he would have without the Tommy John. Let's just go. Worst case scenario, he gets Tommy John surgery. So for his first year with his new team, he's not pitching, but he's hitting a ton of home runs. Uh, he's gonna get an amazing contract, regardless. You can hear the uh, Raj Markazi show. It's presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 uh, ESPN Radio in Southern California, also on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and then all over the podcast world: Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play, etc. Well, I can tell you one person who's in LA who's a power broker. And based on what I've seen uh, of her portrayal in winning time, one person who would not let money get in the way, especially in the old days. Remember, Team Tennis, Jeannie Buss is like, I want Martina. I'm getting Martina Navratilova. When I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. Uh, Martina mentioned in the early 80s. Um, really interesting news with Jeannie Buss. And, you know, all the people in the media, I know you're one of the closest. She doesn't talk to a lot of people. But Jeannie Buss, did she actually finally get married to Jay Moore? She did in a beautiful ceremony, 20 people on the beach in Malibu. Uh, it was an amazing ceremony. I wasn't there. I didn't make the cut. But very uh, blessed over the years of my uh, career to be uh, friends with Jeannie Buss. When we had our launch party for the Sporting Tribune, she showed up. Linda Ramba showed up. So of it was really, yes. uh, great to see them. Um, listen, I mean, listen, she doesn't like that uh, – the, the show, I think a part of it is that they, they did an amazing documentary on the team. So whenever people bring up uh, the uh, show, which is fictionalized to however extent you want to you know, call it, uh, she kind of points the finger at the documentary. But listen, she's portrayed very well yes. on the show, basically showing her brothers, like, can't, can't do it. They're not ready to right. take over the team. Jeannie, this is your show. Oh man, yeah. I was gonna say she's her portrayal is very positive at the expense of Jimmy oh, and, yeah. and Johnny. Uh, I don't know how much you watch the season too, but one of my favorite scenes is Jerry Bus and they play Family Monopoly, and Jerry Bus just yeah. friggin' lights up Johnny, and he's like, "You don't know how to play the game. You're too nice." And I think he throws down his glass and yeah. storms out. I'm like, "That's another one of my dream dads right there." Let's play the game the right way, Johnny. Get it together. Okay. And listen, when when Jeannie took over the team, she really showed her father's killer instinct, where she really uh, went after her brothers. Yep. Yeah. And uh, listen, I mean, she gets things done. And at the end of yep. the day, the, the team has won a championship. Uh, I think they're in contention now. So, you know, listen, can't say enough good things about my good friend Jeannie Buss. Yeah, my... Uh... There's a lot of favorite parts of this thing. I, I really want to believe Jerry West was like that early in his career, and even more so I know. When, anyone, when anyone's like, Steve Cofield's kind of a little bit intense with the stop signs, and when he does his radio <laughs> show behind the scenes, I'm like, look at Chick! 
I'm like, Chick was a freaking That's what right. a tough guy, man. He's just blistering Pat Riley and uh, he, he, he was he was into it, man. Um, the Lakers did make a move, and this makes a lot of people in Vegas very happy. Uh, a lot of folks here in Vegas love Chris Wood. He's defied the odds. He's been in the NBA for a long time. He's made a lot of money. I think this is a massive pickup for the Lakers if Chris can grow up a little bit and uh, use the influence of LeBron to start playing some defense. I think he can be a really important player for the Lakers, and he's a, a home area guy. He was born in Long Beach. Went to high school at Los Alamitos, went to high school in Palmdale, finished up here at Finley Prep, and eventually at UNLV. So I, I like the pickup of Chris Wood. You know, long it, shot blocker, and he can stretch to shoot the three. It's huge. And, again, I mean, people, yeah, you talked about he's been in the NBA club. He's still just 27 years old. He's yeah. turning 28 this month. But when you look at what he does, did even last year in terms of, you know, 16, 17 points, seven uh, boards, um, but the one thing he's not had is consistency, and maturity is going to be a big thing for him. You know, it's one thing um, to kind of put up the numbers that he did, but to be in the league, you know, let's just say six or seven years, and to play for six or seven teams, having that consistency. So maybe being on a team with him as the head coach, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, um, I mean, this is going to be huge for him. And so if he could be the player that they think he can be, he has a player option, Steve, and then he can get that really big contract. Nice. Arash, for you, what does it mean or what does it say that Pac-12 football teams have started off 13-0? and You know, it's sad in the sense that I think the Pac-12 is on the come up and, you know, like, uh, like everyone's talking about them, whether it's Colorado, whether it's USC, whether it's Oregon, Washington. But um, this is the end of the run, and I think that's why I really do appreciate watching all these games. I'm going to try to go to as many of them as I possibly can. But a very mismanaged conference. Uh, they did plant their uh, flag in Vegas, so I will be in Vegas for the last Pac-12 uh, football championship game. I'll be in Vegas for the last Pac-12 basketball tournament. But uh, I really think, amazingly enough, like, ironically enough perhaps, this could be the most fun, exciting, best year in Pac-12 history in its final year. How good is Deion Sanders for college football? He, well, he, listen, he's a fantastic coach, the perfect coach for this time. When you have to transfer portal, we have an IL. When you go back to his days in college, really knowing how to market himself and getting the most from what he can do. Uh, listen, we can get, get into the whole uh, you know dispute with the media. It's not the media's job to believe in you, but his players believe in him, and that's all that matters. And so he's basically taking a, a one-win team. Uh, you know, I, I I got them, you know, I got them beginning the season two and zero, and I I mean, how many people would have predicted them to go on the road <laughs> to beat TCU, to beat Nebraska? It's incredible. Not me. Uh, I was I was wrong so far. Let's close on uh, two media notes. And Rush, I appreciate it all the time, Rush Markazi joining us here in the five o'clock hours. We're getting ready for the Barry Ohm Radio Show uh, at six o'clock right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Um, I'm always a big fan when radio networks start to make a real commitment to get uh, diverse voices on the air, like multiple women on the show. Whoa, dangerous time. Uh, <laughs> Fox Sports National actually has Alex Curry uh, on a show on the weekends, and I think um, she's with, uh, is it a Bolaños from, uh, who's been doing updates and a little bit of sidekicking too? Yeah. Yeah, and so um, Alex is someone that I've known for years. Uh, she lives in Manhattan Beach. We live close oh, by. Look at you. And, um, yeah, and, and so she has an amazing personality. And, and her role as 
whether it's like a sideline reporter or like an update person, uh, you, you don't really see that personality. But, but as a host of her own show, which was always her dream, she has that ability. And so I'm really happy for her. Uh, again, I, I think, you know, knowing the knock on Fox Sports, a lot of sports that, you know, talk stations are like this. They had no female sports radio talk show host on Fox Sports prior mm. to her hiring and prior to, to, to that show. And listen, you're, you're going to hear the pushback from people, oh, two female hosts. It, I think you need that. You need the diverse voices at some point. Eh? So she's fantastic, and I'm so happy for her. Yeah, it's funny. I actually emailed uh, Scott Shapiro, the PD at Fox Sports Radio National, because I did a little work there, and I could see how much Joy Taylor uh, wanted to do radio yeah. and was going to blow up, and I, I emailed him. I was like, hey, if Joy ever gets a radio show of her own, man, I would, I'd leave here and I'd be a sidekick. I have no problem with that. Uh, he, yeah. never, he never answered. Um, so well, you know, <laughs> I guess, guess the, future, the uh, future was predicted there. Uh, last one. Uh, Sporting Tribune continues to grow and grow. Are you guys making a, a big debut uh, with Believe and some other stuff, Fubo TV? So we're on Fubo TV streaming. Like everyone has a streaming device, and certainly now with the whole spectrum, like the ESPN debacle. Uh, we are on Fubo TV, the Sporting Tribune today, hosted by uh, Adrian Hernandez, who's such a grinder. And I'm like, uh, he, <laughs> I mean, I, the, thing, the best thing about him, I said, Adrian, we, we need some big guests for a week one. And I thought big guests could have meant um, me or someone else. He gets Shaquille O'Neal and Tom Glavin. So we're now on uh, Fubo TV. We're on Believe TV. We're on Blue TV, Disco TV, a bunch of other TV, Sports.TV. I mean, a bunch of things I've never heard of. But we're getting out there. We're, we're, we're meeting fans where they are. And, again, I mean, I, I never thought we, we would be in this position where the people are cord cutters and, and whatnot. But that's where things are going. So we're on the same platform. You probably are going to watch your uh, – favorite game on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can watch our show as well. Nice. Arash, you are the man. You're wonderful. We appreciate all the time on a Wednesday. Thank you so much. You're the best, Steve. I'll talk to you soon. There he is, Arash Markazi. Coming up, we're going to go into the grab bag again just a few minutes away from the Barry Odom Radio Show. 60 minutes of UNLV football talk right here on ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, Damon, let's close out today's show before we go to the Barry Odom radio show with the Grab Bag Reminder. Coach Odom show is coming up here in just a couple minutes every week at 6 o'clock, right up the road from uh, where we are located, which is Flamingo and Durango at 2.15 and Flamingo at Parkway Tavern. You'll want to get there early for the 6 o'clock show. Frankly, you want to get there every day uh, at this time of the day. Happy hour at Parkway Tavern, Monday to Friday, 3 to 6, half off apps, half off pizza, two bucks off the beer, the wine, and cocktails. And they do have a reverse happy hour, which I like, from midnight until 3 a.m. So we go into the bag to start with a little international basketball, some NBA ties here. I am very intrigued by Team Canada because, uh, you know, covering a lot of high school and college basketball, I see how many Canadian players are sprinkled over rosters all over college basketball. We know a lot of those guys have made their way to the NBA, but I think a lot of people forget that they're not Americans, that they are Canadians, so they can put together a hell of a team, and your guy on Team Canada is? Dylan Brooks, baby. I know he's a Rocket now, but forever a Grizzly in my heart. 
Uh, I like Dylan Brooks. Uh, sometimes, you know, he bites off a little more than he can chew. He is obnoxious, but he is an agitator. A very poor man's Draymond Green. Um, I don't know what that dance was that he did uh, during last season that has gone viral over and over again. Um, in the halftime break in the tunnel, is that when this was? Yeah, no, I think it was after the game. Was it after they, the game? Okay. Yeah, because he got ejected from the game. Imagine that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so right, this was, and this was two games ago because uh, they actually played uh, a little earlier. But uh, give me some highlights of this uh, video. For a spot in the final, look at Dylan Brooks in the tunnel, waiting for his teammates to come back. I assume they said the mantra of this team was body blows, and they took a couple at the end of that third quarter. Slovenia. Okay, so Slovenia. And you're right. Uh, that was the uh, right after the game against Slovenia, led by Luca, loses, loses. So Canada is now in the semifinals. It was a 100 to 89 final. SGA, Shea Gildas Alexander had 31. R.J. Barrett with 24. So Canada in prime position to potentially win the whole thing. We know USA lost a couple games back. Got their act straightened out. Really pissed off the Italians because of Paolo Bancaro. So maybe they're on a collision course here. Good for Team Canada. And as Adam Hill always says, uh, he's a big fan of Canada because he loves their national anthem. <laughs> he also hates America. So that's yeah. Well, that's, that's true. But it would be a good. It wouldn't even be an upset if Canada were to win this. But for me, just Dylan Brooks waiting there with the the body shots for, for his teammates, he is the ultimate agitator. And I like him even more than Draymond because you're right. He hasn't proved anything. I like a guy who's going to keep talking, keep talking even yeah. though people – I've had it happen to me on a court before where someone's like, you haven't even done anything. Why are you talking to me? And I'm like, so? Who cares? Do you know who DeMond was as a freshman? He was a commander on his freshman high school yes. basketball team in Tennessee until apparently the talent level was just too high and you transferred to the talent-rich area of Pahrump. Yep. Varsity sophomore year. The big jump there. That is a big jump. All right, back in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. The big jump. All right, interesting story coming from Ramona Shelburne. More on James Harden. It reads, Sixers players and Doc Rivers apparently had an issue with James Harden enjoying the Miami uh, nightlife before a game per Ramona. Uh, quote, Harden didn't travel with the team to Miami. Sources said he traveled separately with permission from the front office to enjoy the nightlife. This is not uncommon in the NBA or for Harden, but it didn't sit well with Doc Rivers and several players on the team. Sources said, this is a weird story to be coming out. Where are we right now? September? Yeah. And we're still waiting on some sort of trade with Harden. Doesn't this feel like Ramona Shelburne got a plant here? from the Clippers as they try to lower the value and make James Harden or make the acquisition of James Harden basically into a salary dump. Seems like a weird story to come out in early September. It does. I man, I I hope it was real. Maybe I got got by the internet because I tried to go to James Harden's Twitter and find it, but I thought it was a tweet from James Harden that said, no. "I'm going to start leaking my own story." Oh, really? Soon. See? No, this is from the highly reputable at the Dunk Central. So I I buy it. Hook line and sinker. Yeah. We will we'll have plenty of time after the show. Tonight to check our sources and see if we got duped, but I don't mind getting duped. It's yeah, a good James story Harden. Line. James Harden's going to release his own stories. Back in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, headline from Demon: Overall great guy, Carl Nassib retires. Overall okay. great guy. Some might say a legendary Raider. Why do you think he's a great guy? Um, well, first he had the Hard Knocks clip, 
where he was trying to teach people, hey, money this is like, like save your money. Yeah. A lot of guys needed that. Okay. That was, you know, glad that he, that's when he first went viral. It was like, oh, Carl Nassib, good guy, trying okay. to teach these guys this is how you save your money. Right. And then when he came out, it was like, oh, this is a great guy because he could have just kept it a secret, but it's like, no, this is more, I want to say it was the Trevor Project, the, um, the organization that he was behind and helping out donate money to, where it's like these kids are going through a lot. And I'm going to, if you can look at me as like a symbol of hope, boom. Look at it's me, good. Carl Nassib, NFL player. That was admirable. Uh, but I will be the bad guy here and tell you that uh, people can come out and can openly live as a homosexual or however they want. Uh, they could still not be swell people. Oh, well, so I would, if I were you, I would ask around uh, to Raiders reporters and TV people and ask if Carl Nassib is a swell guy. I'll just leave it at that. No, 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 no. That's it. Facts don't matter. Fact. Don't get in front. Don't get in front <laughs> of a good story. You had a good narrative. Yeah, and you're don't, like, don't I like of, Carl Nassib. Don't get in front of a good story. He's I, never all been I'm saying, I don't know if he's a good or a bad guy. I would ask around to the people who covered him most closely here. In Politics Vegas. aside. <laughs> One more Take time. Take your hand in there, Dave. Okay. Please tell me that CM Punk, Phil, what's his last name? Brooks. Phil Brooks is a good guy. Did he just get fired? Poor dude. He got fired, and okay. I'm on his side. If it's me, I love an agitator. Okay. Or I'm not going to, you know, he was in AEW, the second biggest wrestling company That's the, out uh, there. the Tony Khan. Tony Khan of the Jacksonville. Shot yeah. Khan is his father, owns Jacksonville. Yeah, so this time a year ago, he got into a fight with three of the EVPs, three guys who essentially helped start the company that are also wrestlers. He's like, I work with effing children. Oh, my gosh. He's going off in a press conference. He's like, I'm, I work with children. They need to grow up. And if you got a problem with me, come see, and then come see me in my locker room. Yeah. They do come see him in his locker room after the show, and you don't is know this who real or was it on camera. This is real. It wasn't this is a work. Not a work. A bit. Okay. The three EVPs they come to see him Punk's locker room, and he gets into a fight with one of his friends who also works behind the scenes, <laughs> and it seems like CM Punk wins the fight. Everyone is suspended. He's the world champion. They are the th- the trios champions. All five people involved get suspended. The EVPs come back first. CM Punk was actually legitimately hurt, so it worked well for him because he's actually legitimately hurt. But then he comes back, and they have the biggest selling show of all time two weeks ago in London, Wembley Stadium, 80,000 tickets sold. Biggest show of all time now. And Luke Perry's son, Jack Perry, says, like, there was an uh, issue of Wait, using— What is going on here? Yes, there's this a lot to go on, Steve. Story. Luke, yes. Luke Perry's son is involved. Jack Perry is involved okay. because they, he wanted to use AW. real glass for, for a spot. And CM Punk, and a lot of people were like, hey, man, you don't need to use real glass. Just use the fake glass, you know? Be smart. And it gets out in the dirt sheets, as people call them. Like, oh, he wanted to use real glass. They didn't let him. And then, so on the biggest show, Wembley Stadium, right. he gets to use real glass. And he looks into the camera and he says, it's real glass. Cry me a river. He does the spot. His arm is bleeding because real glass. You never know what's going to happen. So he comes backstage and CM Punk says, you got a problem with me? He says something to the effect. What if I do? CM Punk has to fight him now. And it's like two times in a row. I'm sure Warner Brothers, Discovery, and Tony Khan, they say we have to terminate CM Punk because Tony Khan said he's been on a lot of wrestling shows, been doing this for about four or five years. He's never felt like his own life was in jeopardy because CM Punk apparently got in his face. But I'm on his side. I like a guy who just says at work, maybe more workplaces should be like this. We got a problem. Come see me about it. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just saying. Why couldn't Phil bridge the gap between what sounds like real fighting away from wrestling and real fighting in the cage? That did not go well. I will give him credit. I will that say he actually stepped in to a cage, but he had no business there. And uh, I just know being around him at times in the UFC, he was not exactly a sweetheart. So I could see all these problems emerging. Up next, Barry Owen Radio Show. We close it out here on Cofield and Company. Stop on by Parkway Tavern. An hour 
of UNLV Football Talk. Uh, Parkway Tavern is located at 215 and Flamingo.